And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. Luke Smith from Envision Financial, good, good afternoon. afternoon. How are you? Good to have you back. Very well, thank you. Uh, of course, you were here last week, but mm. I wasn't. I was still enjoying my holidays the last few days. And in fact, about this time last Friday, I was in Port Macquarie. Oh, lovely. On the riverfront, enjoying oh. the fresh air and the sunshine and on my way to the beach hotel to have a barramundi and chips and a nice cold pint of stone and wood. Oh, rub it in, why don't you? I know. I mean, why can't we do that every Friday? Well, I was sitting here last week with Scotty, 30 degrees, <laughs> sweating in the booth like we're doing today. We're so. having some fun. Yep. Having some fun. We're here to talk finance, of course, and today's topic, are all super funds the same? Mm. Well, of course they are. I mean, it's a super fund. You put your money in and one day you retire. That's it, isn't it? End of story. Yeah, look, it's something that I wanted to just sort of throw up because I find the discussion around structure is separate to the discussion around return. Now, everybody tries to get the best return possible for your chosen risk profile, right? and, and it's important that people keep that in mind, but the, the greater the risk you take on, the potential for greater returns, and vice versa. And last year was a great example of you know ongoing volatility, and I think we'll probably see yeah. that continue into 2023 for a range of reasons that we've discussed in previous shows. But when you're looking at a super fund, you really need to think about the key components of the fund that are important to you. And- I'm always good for an analogy, and the analogy I use here that a lot of people get is if you want a 1980 Datsun, that's fine, but it will not have the features and the functionality of a 2022 BMW. And super funds are very similar. You need to think about the features that are important to you and then choose a fund that aligns with the things that are vital to the way that you want to invest and manage your money. So some examples of that could be the investment options that are available. You can be in an industry fund and they have a number of generic options and in some cases very little choice around what you can buy. The PSSAP, the government fund, another great example, four investment options, one of them's cash, one of them's high growth, which 95% of people don't use. There's an income option and the balanced option. Now, they don't let you buy managed funds. They don't let you buy listed shares. They don't let you buy exchange-traded funds. So if lowering your costs and having control over the things that you hold in your fund are important, that fund may not be for you. In a similar vein, if we jump to the other extreme, we can go into a self-managed super fund. Now, big misconception there is, oh, they're expensive and they're very hard to administer and run. Not really. And again, if I use the car analogy, remember when you learned how to drive manual? Oh, well, yeah, that's, I've started on manuals. So it was never a problem. There you go. So any, any young person out there or the older people out there listening that, that learnt on a manual, in your first few times out in a car, you've got to steer the car, push the pedals, change the gears, look out the window, look in the rear view, indicate. Mm. And when you first start, you think, how on earth could I get all of this going at the same time? And... Three months later, you're changing the music, changing gears, talking to your friend, and it becomes simple behaviour. Administering a self-managed super fund is very similar to that. Don't be frightened by everything that could be going on at the time because once you understand what's involved, it can be a very, very cost-effective structure to use. It can be a lot cheaper than some other alternatives where you start to have a significant asset base as well as offering other flexibilities like holding physical property. So a self-managed super fund is the only vehicle 
in the superannuation environment that will allow you to hold a physical property. That could be a commercial building, that could be a freestanding house, that could be a townhouse or a unit, but no other super fund structure will let you hold that type of asset. So again, if that type of investment is where you want to go with your assets, then don't be afraid of using that structure to get the outcome that you're after. And then in the middle, we've got a personal super fund. Yeah. Okay, now you see this is where you're taking me into uncharted territory. Mm. I thought I thought your options were a retail fund, a industry fund, or perhaps you work for the public service, you get the government fund, mm-hmm. or the only other option would be your self-managed super fund. Correct. I didn't know there was anything else. Well, you've hit the nail on the head there. So you could substitute retail fund mm-hmm. with personal super fund. Same thing. Okay. So a retail super fund is administered by a third party. That could be Colonial, that could be Macquarie, could be MLC, could be AMP, could be any third party where they provide the ongoing compliance framework. They administer the fund and they tell you this is the investment menu that you can choose from because it's been vetted by the product provider. So if we think about complexity, you've got your industry fund, very simple, very generic and suitable for a group of people. You've got a retail fund or a personal super fund, better investment menu, greater control over your assets, um, the ability to have aggregated pricing. So you could have husband and wife both have a fund and your fees are worked out on the total value of both accounts, which generally means it's cheaper. And you can have a very wide range of investment and insurance options in your fund, but you are not legally responsible for its administration. And then we move to the self-managed super fund environment where you are the legal trustee. You are legally responsible for the operation of that fund, its underlying investments. And with that comes a huge broad menu of basically unlimited choice so that you can tailor something that suits your investment profile and your risk appetite, including the ability to hold physical property. So there are effectively three tranches of complexity when it comes to super. But I find a lot of people leap from the industry fund option straight to, oh, self-managed super, and they bypass that retail super fund in the middle. Okay, now I may be suffering from misconceptions here, but I had the impression that uh, retail funds, they're run by, as you say, third parties like Colonial Mutual Mm -hmm. or whatever the organisation might be, but they have to make a profit so they can give dividends to their shareholders and they're creaming money off the top. Industry super funds, that's a a non-profit arrangement, isn't it? I knew that would get you going. I love that on a Friday. Um, Look, a retail super fund and industry fund can actually be very similar in relation to pricing. Um, the misconception that an industry fund is cheaper is exactly that. It's a misconception because if you sit down and look at the internal cost ratio and any of the other third-party fees that are incurred from those funds, if you're paying very little and getting very little, that's fine. But you can't expect to have all the bells and whistles and still pay very little. Now, where you hit a crossover point of value is having an increased investment menu or more choice could allow you to use listed shares, which lower your annual investment cost, to use exchange-traded funds that are very, very cost-effective ways of getting exposure to a specific market sector. I'll give you an example. If you're in a retail super fund and lets you buy the 
S&P 500, all right, one of the indices in America. You can hold that entire index at a cost of 0.04%. If you're in the balanced option at Australian Super, you're probably paying 0.65, 0.7. If you're in the balanced option at PSSAP, you're probably paying 0.95, maybe 1%. So by having more choice, you can then directly control potentially a reduction in your investment costs and eke out greater flexibility and control with a lower ongoing investment cost associated with the fund that you choose to be in. So they really dovetail into each other and give you much greater control over the way that things are invested and potentially lower your investment costs so that you can have all the bells and whistles that are important to you and not suffer in relation to a significant increase in the fees that you incur. Okay, so how can people check that the fund they're currently in is the right fund for them? Yeah, so I think the important thing to do, start of the year, sit down and say, okay, well, what what controls would I like to have? And some people are highly engaged in this process. Others go, I'll sit in the balanced option and that's fine. And that's where an industry fund is great. Mm. That will, will do you absolutely no damage. You can you can be in an industry fund, you'll get whatever you get and, and for your level of engagement, that's fine. Those that want to have a little bit more control, maybe buy listed shares, use exchange-traded funds, or buy specialised managed funds in certain areas of the market for active performance, then a retail or personal super fund will be more appropriate for you. So have a look and, and, and sit down and say, what can I do in my existing fund? Is there anything I'd really like to be able to buy and is it available to me? And that you can look at the approved product list or APL, and that will give you a summary of everything that's available for you to buy and use within your superannuation fund during the year. And that could include cash that's invested or new funds that come in. So have a look at the approved product list to consider what's there. See if you can use listed shares or exchange traded funds because they are very, very cost effective and can lower your costs in relation to your investments inside your super fund. Look and see if the fund you're with or the provider that you are with in a retail space has aggregated pricing. So you may be able to say, I have a fund and my wife has a fund and my son has a fund. We're a family unit. Can you price all of that as one collective account, which will give you further cost savings? Because the greater the amount of money in a retail fund, the lower the tiered pricing that's applied. So if you can aggregate your money, you can generally lower your costs. Ask your provider and see if that's available if you're with a retail fund and bring in some family members. You don't have to mix your assets. You just need them all held under one umbrella to get that discounted pricing. And also then have a look at the insurance options that are available. If you want to maintain a particular level of insurance with a certain provider, is or isn't it available through the retail fund you're with? Or can you source it from outside of your fund and use the money that you have at the moment to pay that premium? So there are a lot of flexibilities. And then lastly, have a think about is a self-managed super fund appropriate for you? Because as we said earlier, if building physical property into your retirement base is what you choose to do, then that vehicle will be appropriate. And it can be very, very cost effective because a lot of self-managed super fund pricing is fixed. And a lot of the third-party providers that we use in relation to accounting and audit charge a fixed fee. So whether there's $2 million in the fund or $10 million in the fund, you know exactly what you're going to pay. So self-managed super funds are actually very, very cost-effective vehicles as the value of your account starts to grow. 
and you can have numerous people in that vehicle at the same time to take advantage of those cost savings. So we need to jump over that hurdle of it's a self-managed super fund. You're not going to manage it. Somebody like me or your accountant helps you on that front. The word self-managed is horrible. They should have probably came out with self-directed, self-owned. If they took the word managed out, I think it would remove the palpitations that a lot of people have when you start talking about them. Um, but don't jump to the conclusion that they're expensive. They really aren't for more significant asset values. Okay, so um, just back to those admin fees for a moment. Mm. All super funds have them, but is there much variation? Do you need to shop around and see who's got the lowest yeah. fees? Well, again, you pay peanuts, get monkeys. Mm. Um, but you, you need to understand, and we touched on this last week, where we said you could have an internal cost ratio, which is the charge to use a particular investment in your fund. You see the, 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 the acronym there is ICR. Right. Or you can have an administration fee that you pay an administration fee on a retail fund because you have far more choice and control. You need to check your fund and see what you're paying because the likes of uh, AMP were uh, renowned for saying, well, we don't charge an admin fee, aren't we great? But we have a 2% ICR, which is ridiculous. Mm. So a, a good diversified portfolio should have an internal cost ratio across the entire portfolio of between 0.35 and 0.5. Um, and most admin fees, you want to make sure that the sliding scale is appropriate because everybody charges at different price points. It might be the first 250000 is X, the next two fifty is X, mm. the next two fifty, and so on. So have a look and see because they're not all the same and you can benefit from significant savings by holding the right assets in your fund. Luke Smith from Envision Financial is with me in the studio. We're asking the question today, are all super funds the same? Well, it turns out not exactly. So, Luke, what are the key things to remember when you're considering whether or not you're in the right fund? Yeah, look, I think we come back to the analogy we used before the ad break. All cars have different features. Some of them you may want to use, some of them you may not want to use. And super funds are the same. Sit down and think about the things you'd like to control. Is it cost? Is it investment menu? Is it insurance? Is it managed funds? Is it listed shares? Is it exchange traded funds? What are important to you? And then are they available with your current provider? And if you need to move, it's not a difficult thing to do. Rolling over a super fund is all electronic. It's all automated through the government system. Um, and they, they take care of that transfer of asset for you. So it's it's not hard. A lot of people go, well, I'd love to move, but it's difficult. Used to be, but they've really done a good job of making it easy, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, they have anything outside of rolling over to a self-managed super fund. Mm. That they've clustered yeah. beyond <laughs> any comprehension. Yeah. Um, but a normal industry fund to, to retail or personal super fund, yeah. piece of cake, very simple and very quick. Um, so think about your options. Think about the, the cost. You know, Have a look. As I said before, if you're in a fund that has very limited options and is really expensive like the PSSAP and you want to be able to have other controls, then consider another fund because the the cost that you incur in that particular fund, for example, for the flexibilities and options that are available to you are very, very limited. Um, Think about if you want to hold physical property, as we said before the ad break, um, if, if commercial or residential property is in your wheelhouse and that gets you excited, then the self-managed super fund road is an option. 
but you need to be across all the T's and C's and rules and regs and, you know, yeah. be comfortable with the strategy. And that's where getting some advice from either somebody like me or engaging with your accountant can sort of jump over those initial hurdles to see if it's worth doing. Um, and again, think about the, the that cost scenario. Self-managed super funds for larger balances are not expensive. They are actually very, very cost effective when you start talking about an increased amount of capital in your accumulated super because it could be your own, it could be your business partners, it could be husband and wife, partner and partner, whatever the mix is, um, provided you meet with all of the regulations, you, you can actually reduce your administration fees and charges significantly by considering that structure and just look past the word managed because you won't need to manage it. Somebody like me can help you do that. It's not all left to you as a burden on top of your job, your kids and everything else. It's just a horrible name that scares people because they come in and say, well, I don't want to manage it. Mm. And I say, well, that's okay because, you know, I don't know how to do A, B and C, so I get somebody to do it. Yes. Um, so, so think about that. Um, and then consider does your current provider offer consolidated pricing? for multiple accounts. So you might have husband, wife, partner, 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 child, um, or any mix of that in a family group where you could ask them to amalgamate your pricing. You're not mixing your assets. You're not combining your actual funds. You're just saying, hey, this account, this account, this account, we're all under one umbrella, please. Can we get some appropriate pricing? And a lot of providers now in the retail space will do that. And that can make things very, very competitive. Or you can align something to, I have a family trust and a super fund under the one umbrella and I get that amalgamated pricing. Mm. So ask your current provider if that, that's an option and, and take advantage of that where it's available. All right, Luke, so where can listeners get more information? Yeah, so 62604749, the office number hasn't changed. Um, we've got envisionfinancial.com.au. On the net, we've got the podcast, The Strategy Stacker Luke Talks Money on iTunes and Spotify. We've got the Envision Financial Canberra YouTube channel. You can subscribe to that and get the show every week. We've got YouTube shorts. We've got TikTok. The handle there is The Strategy Stacker. And we've got Smart Money Strategy, your ultimate guide to financial planning in bookstores in March, which is uh, sneaking up very, very quickly. It is indeed. Uh, here we are halfway through January and uh, March will be here before you even know it. Yes, it will. And speaking of before you even know it, you'll be back in the studio again at the same time next Friday. Exactly right. Hopefully to, it's a uh, little cooler. Talk some more money once again. Thanks very will much. Will do. Thanks, mate.